Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Welcome back. I am so excited that we are here together again. And I really wish you could see the situation right now because I am currently sitting on the floor in the middle of my closet, which was a genius idea given to me by my husband, because I was explaining how I just wish I had a little bit more of a confined space, something a little quieter. You You can see where I was going with this. I was talking about, you know, let's build a sound booth in the house. And he was a genius and said, why don't you go sit in the closet and try that out? absolute genius. The closet here used to be my war room. It's where I used to pray when I was fasting. I would be in this closet every single morning. So I feel very comfortable in here. I actually really love it. And it feels really special to be in this place, actually doing the thing God had called me to do a long time ago. It's like, it's come full circle. It feels incredible. And it was all because of a suggestion made by my husband. So I'm super grateful. And here we are, Lavender Dahlia, uh, coming to you from my dirty laundry. (laughs) It's not going to get any more real than that. (laughs) I am so excited for today's podcast episode. But before we get started, I just want to say thank you for the orders that have been placed in the podcast Etsy shop. The orders that you have placed help to support the podcast, and I truly appreciate your encouragement for what we've started here with Lavender Dahlia. The messages I've received, the comments I've received, like you guys have filled my heart beyond capacity, and I can't thank you enough for encouraging me to do this. So thank you. Well, let's get started. Happy St. Patrick's Day. So the kids and I visited Northern Ireland at the beginning of the year, and while we were there, my husband took us to Down Cathedral, which is the burial site of St. Patrick, and it's gorgeous. I mean, there's nothing there that's not gorgeous, but this was so gorgeous. We obviously couldn't go inside because of COVID, but the cathedral outside alone was just so beautiful. And we were definitely that family that stood in the middle of the cemetery taking photos because it was just too pretty not to. I'll see if I can post a picture on um, on my blog so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so St. Patrick's Day. I had to do a little research on this because I felt that Now that I'm married to a man with a beautiful Irish accent, I should probably know a little bit more about St. Patrick's Day other than green beer and trapping leprechauns. But by no means am I a historian on this subject, and there are a lot of varying legends and stories, so we're just going to try to piece this together and pretend we know what we're talking about. The quick rundown. March 17th is the anniversary of the death of St. Patrick, who lived in the 5th century. He was born in Roman Britain and was kidnapped and brought to Ireland as a slave when he was 16 years old, and he worked as a shepherd for six years. In letters written by St. Patrick in his elder years, he said it was during that time of his captivity that he found God, and he saw his enslavement as a test of his faith in God, and he became devoted to prayer during that time. 
He had written that he had a vision of people reaching out to him, and he became determined to convert the Irish to Christianity. He said that he had heard God tell him in a dream to flee the coast of Ireland to a ship that was going to take him home to Britain. So he did it. He escaped. He found a ship and convinced the crew to allow him on board, and after three days of sailing, he and the crew abandoned the ship in France and wandered around for 28 days, lost, mind you, apparently covering 200 miles until Patrick was reunited with his family. Once he returned home, he was ordained as a bishop, then went back to Ireland and is credited with bringing news of Jesus to the people of Ireland, primarily evangelizing in the northern half of the country. According to legend, St. Patrick used the three-leaf clover, the shamrock, to explain the Holy Trinity as he evangelized, which is why many paintings and artwork of St. Patrick show him either holding a three-leaf clover or being decorated by shamrocks. So, there you have it, St. Patrick's Day. I'll be honest, and I will admit that I just assumed St. Patrick's Day was a celebration of being Irish, and I know how we Americans like to celebrate pretty much anything, and we like to celebrate it big. So when Michael and I got married, I was like, I can officially celebrate being Irish. I mean, there's not an ounce of me that's Irish at all, but I am by marriage, so bring on the corned beef and cabbage. (laughs) But as I read more about St. Patrick's Day and what's known of St. Patrick himself, I realized he sounds a lot like me and maybe even a little like you. Okay, so this guy grew up in a religious household. His dad was a deacon, and it's reported that his maternal grandfather was a clergy member. Some articles said that his grandfather was specifically a priest. Either way, you can imagine the Sundays in their home, which could be why Patrick considered himself an atheist. I don't know much about 5th century history, but I feel fairly confident that 16-year-olds are 16-year-olds no matter the century. And it's true, Patrick was no different. It's said that he came from a relatively luxurious life in Britain and was actually considered spoiled and rebellious until he was kidnapped by Irish pirates. And that's when it all changed for our friend St. Patty. Six years of being enslaved in unfamiliar territory, and it was during that time he heard the voice of God. For me, I didn't grow up in a religious home other than the handful of Sundays when I would spend the night at my grandparents' house, or we would all go on Easter Sunday as a family. So I knew who God was, and I knew he had a son, but Sunday school wasn't where I found God. And I'm willing to bet that most of you, even if you grew up in a religious home, didn't personally or truly find God until you needed him. You, me, and St. Patrick aren't the only ones with stories of meeting God in a time of despair. The Bible is full of similar stories. I don't know many who woke up one morning and discovered that they had a need for God. I'm sure there are some out there, but for a majority of us, we found God after we had been kidnapped from our comfort and enslaved to our suffering. Similar to St. Patrick, I was 16 years old when I first reached out to God. Thankfully, I wasn't physically kidnapped, but I had been torn away from my normal teenage life when the sudden death of my 13-year-old cousin rocked my entire family. I remember feeling that at 16 years old, I had life completely figured out. But all of a sudden, 
I was facing a loss and grief and confusion that I had never experienced before. I didn't know God very well, but I had been exposed to him enough to believe that he could hear me if I spoke to him. So I started praying every night. I had no clue what to say or how to say it, but I remember laying in my bed, staring at the ceiling and saying, God, if you're with my cousin, can you tell her I said hi? I didn't know what or who I was really reaching for, but in that moment of discomfort and heartache, I somehow knew to ask for God. When we've been kidnapped from our comfort, our happiness, or our normalcy, we find ourselves taken to unfamiliar territory that we don't know how to navigate. At first, we might try to figure it out on our own. So we'll try different techniques to ease the pain or adapt to our new normal, as I imagine St. Patrick must have done at the beginning of his six-year confinement. We tell ourselves to accept it for what it is, or get used to it, or make the best of it, and we try. We really do. But what we end up finding is that instead of freedom in our new normal, the chains feel heavier as we become enslaved to our suffering. Everything that we've tried has failed. Sure, some of our efforts may provide a short-term relief, but we can only be busy for so long, and we can only spend so much money, and we can only drink so much, and we can only binge-watch so many shows. Eventually, the truth of our heartache reveals itself again, and that is when we realize that we are still slaves to the pain. I don't know at what point St. Patrick, six years in Ireland as a slave, that he committed to prayer and heard God. Was it halfway through? Maybe a few months in? Was it towards the end of all that time? I have no idea. But at some point, he stopped trying to adapt, accept, and adjust. And he just started talking to God. Who knows what his prayers were like? They probably sounded fancy because you know, hello, Britain. (laughs) But being a teenager tossed into the unknown, I have to wonder if he spoke to God like a child looking for help. But one thing I know for sure, no matter when or how St. Patrick spoke to God, he wasn't going to hear God until the rest of his mind was silent. When we are in the middle of our pain, we get so busy trying to find the remedy that even if God is speaking so loudly to us, we can't hear it. God is constantly trying to get our attention while we are adapting and adjusting to our new normal, but it doesn't mean that we will always hear him. I read an article stating that St. Patrick spent hours and hours all alone on a hillside watching after sheep. Can you imagine how long those days must have been? This must have been sometime between what did I read? 402 and 410 AD. There wasn't a whole lot to occupy his time as he watched sheep on a hill. Long, quiet days. But it still took him some time to hear God. You don't have to hide in a quiet room or a closet to hear God. You might hear him better, but God can be loud when he needs to be. It's not about the place or the level of audible noise. It's about the noise that's happening in our minds and in our hearts that make it difficult to hear God when he speaks. If you think about it, when we are living in the middle of our comfort, 
which is all the blessings, all the happiness, the joy, you know what I'm talking about, all the good stuff, the comfort. We actually rarely stop to listen for God in those moments. We're so busy living in it and enjoying it, and we get so comfortable in it that we forget to listen for God. The noise of our comfort can hide the voice of God as equally as the noise of our heartache. So when do we listen best? If there's noise when we're happy and noise when we're sad, when do we seek the quiet to hear God? Where is our hillside? And when we're on that hillside, are we listening? While we're on the hillside of our suffering, we have the opportunity to choose to talk to and listen for God. So will we choose to focus on the noise of our adaptation or allow the noise to wander away so we can hear God? Who are we paying attention to on that hillside? The busyness of sheep or the stillness of God? One of the things I found that I love about the story and legend of St. Patrick is that after he heard God's voice speak to his heart, he took a leap of faith to find that ship and return home. But then he went back. He went back to the very place that held him captive. He could have stayed away. I wonder if he was afraid to go back. Would there have been a punishment for his escape? Who knows? But he went back. He listened to the calling that God put on his heart and went back to the place of enslavement for the purpose of bringing them freedom. Of course, we're not talking about political freedoms. St. Patrick brought them freedom in Christ, freedom in love, freedom in faith, and freedom in peace. How beautiful is it that God turned an atheist, rebellious, and enslaved teenage boy into a believer of Christ and a messenger of God, and then returned him to the very place that brought death to his comfort, but would end up becoming the birthplace of his legacy. If you are currently on that hillside, watching over the sheep, and your days seem endless, and the noise in your heart is deafening, I dare you to listen for God. When you are ready, when you commit to talking to him, Be prepared to listen for him. The nudges you feel, that gut feeling intuition, the calling you hear but try to ignore, that's all God. He sees you on that hillside, the place that kidnapped you and brought death to your comfort, and he's ready to take you to the birthplace of your legacy, the backdrop to his victory. All you have to do is listen and then go. Don't forget that St. Patrick was just Patrick before. In fact, some say that he had a completely different name growing up. Either way, he became a saint. And you know, right? You know that you're a saint too? The word saint comes from the word sanctus, which translated in Greek is hagios. I'm going to mispronounce that. I, I practiced it but I think I'm going to mispronounce it, hagios. It means holy, set apart, sacred, and sanctified. The New Testament repeatedly refers to God's chosen people, and that's us, by the way, as those who have been set apart, made holy, are sacred, and sanctified. 
and he calls them saints. I sincerely hope that when you think about St. Patrick, you remember that your legacy and the legend of your faith is being written the same as his because once you come down from that hillside and you take the leap of faith to escape whatever is holding you captive, God will be there to refresh you, redeem you, and prepare you to go back and share with others the freedom that is in his love. Now, go capture that leprechaun. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon. Thank you.